0: Life is risky on seemingly normal days, but with the recent news of COVID-19, the future seems to also be uncertain. So what do risk and uncertainty imply for the stock market? Is there any difference between the two? Well, one thing is for certain, markets hate uncertainty, and we are seeing the volatility each and every day. Now, while there's many differences, it's hard to understand exactly how they impact the climate of investing as a whole and how it affects our daily lives. Thanks for being here once again, and I hope you're all staying safe and healthy. What's up, everyone? I'm your host, Ryan Inman, and welcome back to the show. Excited to have you guys here. We're going to be talking all about the markets. And while I've talked about how you should ignore market predictions and how that's what this show would be all about that I've already recorded, we are now re-recording this show due to the volatility that we're about to talk about in the markets. And I've brought on my partner at our fee-only financial planning practice, Physician Wealth Services. Casey, how are you?
1: Uh, It's been an interesting couple of weeks here, hasn't it?
0: Oh, yeah. Well, welcome to the Monday show. You're not on often. Only Fridays, apparently.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to hang out with you guys. I think it's an important time to just talk through what people should be thinking on. There's a lot of news out there and our community is in the front lines more so than anyone else dealing with all of what is going on. So they don't necessarily have the time to look at how this might impact their finances, their accounts, although I'm sure they're hearing about it. So this is important.
0: It's absolutely important. And there's been so many questions in the Facebook group that have been happening. If you haven't joined us there, please do at financialresidency.com slash community. Join in on the conversation because we'd love to help all of you just feel a little bit less anxiety and Maybe brighten up your day a little bit. Unfortunately, we will not brighten your day up right now because we're going to be talking about some history in the markets and what we're seeing currently in the markets. And then how to trade the market. What's happening and where do we go from here? What can we do? So to give you some history, we're going to quote, actually, the JP Morgan puts out these guide to the markets every quarter. And we're going to talk about a couple pieces that I'm going to post on our Instagram so you can see the visuals there. If you're not following us on Instagram, you can do that at financial residency. I will make sure that these are posted when this show goes live, but we have officially left the bull markets that went and extended 129 months. Casey, for those that don't know what a bull market is, why don't you tell them?
1: Yeah. So a bull market is one that's on the rise when everything is you know, sort of feeling economically sound and the stock market is generally rising, not necessarily every day, but overall we're taking steps in the upward direction. Whereas the bear market that we've experienced more recently is not something that a lot of our investors have experienced because of that long duration of this most recent bull market.
0: Yeah. We've had a really, really nice time for 129 months. And while that may not sound like long to some, in terms of the length of time that that bull market was occurring, the average duration was is 54 months. And the only market that came close to that was in the early 1990s that then ultimately ended up in the dot-com crash. And that was 113 months. Now we have gained in that 129 months, 378%. Is quite a nice return, especially if you were just owning the total stock market. But the average gain, this is interesting, the average gain over all the last bull markets was only 164%. So we have definitely extended out double the duration and pretty much double the returns than we have on average. So it was a really good run. Unfortunately, it has come to the end. And so we're going to look at now bear markets, the average bear market which is when stocks are declining in value is 22 months. Now that does not sound as much fun as the bull market that we were just in saying that the average duration of declining returns is almost two years. The return is negative 42% in the average bear market. Now, some of these bear markets were as short as three months, which is after that 1987 crash which actually had similar price movements to what we're seeing now, these huge, crazy volatility days. But the longest bear market was 61 months in the late 30s. Now, some of you might have heard of the crash in 1929. The market return in that bear market was negative 86%. And it had a duration of 32 months. That is some pain, my friends. That is some pain. And we have not experienced anything close to that. But again, the average since the mid-20s is down 42%. So Casey, when you look at this basically S&P composite of the declines from all-time highs, what do you see in this that maybe others, when they go look at it on Instagram or if they want to go and be super nerds and go to JP Morgan's site and download the Guide to Markets, which is fascinating if you want to nerd out on this, by the way. But what do you kind of see? What have I missed maybe in talking about that?
1: Well, I think what's actually most interesting is the two different charts that we're going to stack kind of next to each other. The one that we just really reviewed in terms of those averages that Ryan talked about to see what the average bear market is, as well as what the average bull market, which is obviously more exciting. But I think what's most important is what you talked about, and especially as it relates to the 87 crash in terms of seeing similar price movements. That means that we go up and down during bear markets. And so I think that's been something that's been hard to remember, especially over the last week, although we did have one positive day. It's just been up and down and mostly down. But remember that bear markets aren't going to just be all these wildly sharp down days. There's going to be price movements in both directions. And we have that in bull markets as well, which I think it's easier to remember the bad times than good, unfortunately. But again, what you'll see in sort of the next chart when you're able to hopefully check it out on Instagram, and we'll talk through the next sort of example of really during the year, there are these swings that we see during both positive and negative years in the market.
0: Yeah, and I think that's maybe what caught a lot of people off guard was that in normal market movements, we don't see volatility like we're seeing. In bear markets, we can expect to see two, three, four, maybe a 5% down day, but not it's not the norm. And we're going to talk about the current in just a second. But the second chart that Casey's referring to is was, again, put out by JP Morgan. And those who want to nerd out on this, it was page 13. But it's the annual returns and inter-year declines. And it's basically looking at what has happened in the last 40 years. And on average, the intra-year decline, so how much stocks will basically lose during the year, right, prices go up and down, was almost 14%. Now, this is in and out of bear markets and bull markets. This is just literally looking at the last 40 years that during the year, on average, it has moved down 14%. However, 30 out of the last 40 years have returned positive on the year. Now, the worst year since 2019, looking back 40 years, would of course be 2008. Many of you might not be investing during that time. Some of you are going to remember it crystal clear if you had enough money for it to matter at that point. But in 2008, we had a 49% intra-year decline. And we saw that in that year, it was also the worst year in those 40 years, that it was down 38% for the year. So I love this chart, and I know, Casey, you're going to want to nerd out a little bit more on this chart, but I love this chart because it puts it in perspective. There's years that we had a 27% up year, but intra-year declines was negative 19%. I mean, that's some volatility and movement even in normal markets.
1: That's exactly right, and that's where I think, again, just to kind of remind yourselves that not to make bets on the market, that's where we want to talk about investment plans and things like that, but really reminding yourself as you do start to Think about what this means to you and how to maybe implement changes or not to your plan. Consider again, rooting yourself into some of this history. If you're just getting started to investing and not sure again how this plays out, it's important to look at history. Not that that's exactly how this bear market or, you know, potential recession could end up playing out, but good to get some of these historical facts and just understand where again, some of these intra year where you might not have even realized in the years where we've ended up positive that there's been some significant declines throughout that year as well.
0: Yeah. And so that really takes us to the current and sorry for the history lesson, but I think it's really, really important as we give context to what is actually happening in our markets, because what is happening this last few weeks is incredible. Some of you are going to be scared and of course when money moves and especially in this type of volatility, completely normal to have a little anxiety to go, man, are we doing the right thing? Is this how it is? But thinking it and actually putting those things into action by selling or panic selling are two very different things. But in the last few weeks, we have not had a single day with a gain or loss with an absolute value of less than 4%. That is insane and incredible. So we had You know, a down day of 6%, an up day of 5%, a down day of 13%, an up day of 9, down of 10, down of 6, up of 5, down of 8. And that was just March 9th through March 18th. That is insane volatility. Like I said, markets hate uncertainty. And once things become apparent, right? uh Uh-oh, we have a problem. COVID is a problem we haven't contained, whether it was gross mismanagement or was spreading too fast. Whatever it is, once it became apparent, investors entered this herd mentality and overreacted. Now, what will probably happen is as this blows over, which all of you are significantly smarter than me in thinking about what's happening with the virus, but as we see the peak cases come back down or a vaccine or something occur that is positive, because right now we haven't seen really any positive news in the media, it's all fear. As soon as we start to see positive, herd mentality is going to kick in and we're probably going to overshoot to the upside. It will probably rebound to that. Will it? We don't know. But again, herd mentality, the market is made up of humans trading this. So we hear about the algorithms and things like that. But in reality, there's humans trading this market. There's lots of money moving and it's moved by humans. So human behavior is to have this herd mentality go back and forth. Now, year to date, As of Friday the 20th, as we're recording this here, Friday night for you guys, we are roughly down 33%. In the last month, we're down 34%. So year to date, 33%. In a month trailing, so that includes some of February, 34%. and just the month of March, we're down 25%. Now we've joked around with risk tolerances having to rewrite their script to actually account for this type of volatility. Because it is so incredible how much things have been moving. But we've seen this multiple times. Maybe not this drastic. But in 2011, in August, there were fears of contagion of the sovereign debt crisis in Europe, where what was happening in Spain and Italy would spill out and concerns that France was going to lose their AAA rating. In 2008, we had the Great Recession, right? Due to the financial crisis, nine eleven, the dot-com bubble bursting. There's dozens of times throughout history that we've seen extreme volatility and herd mentality moving up and down. And Casey mentioned some of the history. Well, guess what? History repeats itself because we weren't paying attention the first time. So assuming that, you know, we're now in our 13th bear market since those 20s, like that data was showing in the charts you can see, assuming we're at 33% down, it would take another I want to emphasize this another 14% drop to get to a 40% loss overall. It would take then another 17% on top of that to hit a 50% loss. And as we've shown in that, in those charts that JP Morgan put out 40 and 50% losses are normal in bear markets that when we looked at the average return in a bear market, it's negative 42% and the duration is 22 months. So what I'm getting at is showing you some math, and some people are probably going, oh my gosh, I've never heard him say this many numbers in a row, and my mind is hurting. I apologize. But it's important to know that we will probably experience more pain. We will probably experience more losses. It's normal. The average is 42%, and in order to get there, we're going to have to have, just to hit the average, another 14% drop in the markets. Will it happen? We don't know because we don't have a crystal ball. Casey's your crystal ball working. Mine sure isn't.
1: Mine is definitely a foggy this time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Mine somehow broke on the floor and the kids are mopping it up or something because mine does not work. I have no idea how this is going to happen. But what I do know is it's happened before and it's going to happen again, even if it's not this time around. We don't know what the bottom is. It's likely to get worse, but it will bottom and then it will recover. So, what I want to focus on the next little part here, and I'm going to kind of have Casey dive into this because Casey runs all our investments at Physician Well Services. And I think she's going to give you guys some really cool things on what you can actually do in these markets right now. So Casey, what are how do you want to start this one off? What should they be looking at it to do right now?
1: Yeah, like you said, I think everybody's really looking for just actionable items. And I had a client even email me earlier today that said, I'd be happy even if you tell me to do nothing. So I think that's an important reminder to just, again, consider that inaction might actually be taking action. So if you already have a financial plan and you've thought about this, you should know then that down and bear markets are part of investing and that should have hopefully been built into your plan. Otherwise, there's a lot of other things we can consider doing as well. So let's talk about what some of those are. I think creating rules around rebalancing is really important. Because again, there seems like there should be something to do right now. Even if we have that financial plan, should we be rebalancing? Should we be changing our investments? If we're young, a lot of people think they should be getting more aggressive because stocks are on sale and they've heard what we've talked about, about you know buying in low, which is really exciting. And I I love that concept that people actually aren't scared. I think the opposite, though, is that there's this overconfidence bias as well, too. Again, we talked about not knowing exactly what day these drops are going to occur, and then what days the upswings are going to occur. And so you don't want to be caught on either side of trying to time those things. So really creating rules around your rebalancing, using new cash that's being added to your employer retirement accounts is going to force you to do the right thing. Meaning if your stock allocation has come down and you need to add to that portion, your cash will buy more stocks. If your allocation is already in line, it's going to get split amongst the stocks and bonds that you already chose, which is perfectly set up again, just choosing a specific time frame for doing that. So if you are adding money to your account regularly, then you're going to just rebalance sort of in line with when cash hits the account with your 401k, that'll happen automatically. If you use a robo advisor, that will happen automatically. But if you're using an account at Vanguard, where you're managing those investments for yourself, I would say this is again another time to not start to try to time the market. If you were otherwise doing your investments on the first of every month, really stick to that. Stick to the same plan that you had been doing, whether it was monthly, quarterly, you know, whatever your rebalancing approach had been previously. And if you didn't have a set plan, choose a date now, say the 10th of the month, the 15th of the month, so that you just pull that emotion out of the decision of whether or not that money should go into the market that day can be really hard to make that decision and then if the market goes up the next day you're sitting there in cash feeling like oh shoot I could have really benefited from having that money invested the day before so take the emotion out of it stick with an objective decision like a time frame monthly weekly quarterly type of thing or just a specific date the 10th of the month the 15th of the month and be very objective in that decision
0: yeah it would be really helpful to just take a step back and realize that Our brains are not functioning at full speed when we're under really duress. And there are a lot of other things that your brains are thinking through right now, especially if you're a physician or just even married to one. I know my brain's going crazy about, is my wife going to be okay? Basically, she's pulled in back up on PICU. Like, that worries me a bit. You know, is she going to be out on the front lines? Is she going to be Okay. Uh, in addition to, hey, and I under, obviously understand the markets, but hey, we're experiencing volatility. We've, we're meeting with dozens and dozens and dozens of clients each and every week. It seems like some of those meetings might have picked up recently with movements in the market. But actually, overall, and we joke about this. We're so proud of our clients because the majority have been, hey, can I refinance my mortgage? And even though I don't have a ton or I'm trying to pay off this debt, can I go invest in the market? And it's so cool to see that this has been working and that some of the education has been going through, but take a step back and realize that your brain is just not functioning at full capacity. It's not at full speed and you don't want to make any huge money decisions right now without really thinking it through. Casey, what else can they do to kind of navigate the craziness of the markets? And I think especially if they don't have a plan. Someone's sitting there going, like, gosh, I wanted to get a plan together, but I just haven't had time, or whatever happened with the excuses, or maybe truly just didn't have time. But what else can they do?
1: Yeah, I think that now is a really good time from just like a gut check level to really take risk tolerance questionnaire. Meaning, if you haven't felt comfortable with the swings you've seen your account balance do, that probably means that you haven't taken on the appropriate amount of risk. You've probably been too aggressive. That doesn't mean you should necessarily change anything right now, but it's a good time to understand what your true risk tolerance would have been, should have been in a more normal market. And again, working towards creating an IPS or an investment policy statement for yourself so that during sort of objective time, you're able to, again, take that new cash that you're adding to your accounts to make sure that you're getting your portfolios in line with a asset allocation that doesn't allow you to feel like there's something to do when markets aren't going well. So be comfortable with the amount of risk that you're taking. If you didn't have a plan previously, I think this is actually a really good opportunity to kind of reassess everything. What are your goals? Figure out what is most important to you. Because if you aren't sure and starting there, it's hard to know whether you're on track to reach them or not still. So these types of dramatic changes in the short run really shouldn't have a significant impact on some of the longer term goals that people have outlined in their financial plan. Because again, these types of risks have been taken into consideration when mapping out sort of what those long term pieces should look like. So if you haven't had a chance to do that, I think now is the best time during these times of uncertainty, where you can really just take a step back, not make any knee jerk reactions, but think about how you would really want to structure things if you were able to take a little bit more time. If you have a little bit of extra time, this is a really good time to just start to really think about what's important to you. What are your goals and how will you reach them? I think in general, you know, people really have this big overlying question of, you know, are we headed into a recession? Is this bear market going to get worse? What do these things even mean? And so just to give some definitions for people that again have maybe not experienced this type of market yet. A bear market is a situation where the market is going down and the prices of the investments that we buy are down by 20% or more for more than two months. So we technically will probably end up in that space and sort of for a while. And so whether or not we technically end up in a recession or not was yet to be seen. We are not there yet. That's when sort of a more high level macroeconomic term that really refers to us having, you know, a decline in our GDP for a consecutive two quarters. And so two quarters of negative GDP ultimately results in a recession And if that happens, again, we reassess the plan. We don't necessarily make significant changes to the plan. So if you don't have things mapped out yet, this is a really good time to continue to do that. If you're unsure with what to do, we're here to help. Some of the terms we just talked about, so you know, again, GDP, recession, bear market, what does GDP even mean? I think we talked about that in the beginning of our call today as well that's our gross domestic product. That's, you know, the amount of imports and exports that we as a country can really have. And obviously, with everything being sort of shut down for the unknown, which is why back to the beginning where uncertainty is what's causing all of this really significant volatility. So until things become more certain, it's really hard to say whether this is a bear market or if we're truly headed to recession. But at the end of the day, we think that the sky is not falling. There's lots of, you know, potential opportunity out there for people that are just getting started with their investments to buy in at a low point. And so again, something that we want people to not feel all the negative sort of impacts of as it relates to your finances.
0: Yeah. So the point we really, you know, want to end with here is we might experience some more volatility. And by might is we will. We're going to experience it. And we're down, you know, 30 to 34%, but that is not even at the average bull market. Now, granted, the average is usually spread out over a couple of years and not a month, which is why you're seeing a lot more anxiety or maybe panic in the markets. But remember, the average bear market is 42% and it extends out almost two years long. So we're expecting more volatility. We're expecting that there could be more downside. Is it for sure? No, I don't have a crystal ball I have no idea what's actually gonna happen even Monday when this show goes out, what the markets are gonna do, because no one does. We don't know anything else other than what we can do personally, which is exactly what Casey went over, which I think was some killer tips on what you could be doing. If you are having a lot of anxiety, if you think you're making knee-jerk reactions, we saw someone in our community liquidated their 529s out to pull money out because their kids were gonna go to college in three years. That seems kind of crazy to me. Don't make any big decisions like that, especially if the motion's running high, not knowing where we're going with this pandemic, not knowing where we're going in the markets. If you are gonna make big money decisions, I'm gonna tell you guys right now, get some professional advice. And it doesn't mean you have to work with us. We would love to work with all of you, but that does not mean you have to work. Just get some help because what you don't wanna do is make a huge financial decision that's gonna put you back significantly in your financial lives so reach out to us we're still taking on clients we'd love to work with you guys you can go to physicianwellservices.com read about what we do how we do it we're very transparent with our pricing it's there contact us if you need help there's plenty of free resources the podcast the books coming out in april i'd love for you guys to read that so how you guys are going to get your financial plan together We have so many resources in our community. The fellowship is probably still opening in April. We're going to see kind of how everything goes with the pandemic and how that's working out if we decide to open it or not. But there's so many resources just even within our community to help you guys. But please don't make any crazy decisions, knee-jerk reactions. You're going to end up regretting it. So I hope you guys are doing okay. Please stay safe. Thank you so much for being on the front lines. You guys are amazing. And we'll see you guys on Friday. Cheers.